here. All right, let's get right back into it. KM to 11 AM. So I've got two more hours left. And then Sal Licata comes up on the fan. So stick with me, folks. We'll get back to your calls at 877-337-6666. And more conversation around our sports teams, our leagues, what we love to watch and debate about. Marco just hit you with some info. And, yeah, during uh, the Steve Summers call, the Brandon Drury news broke. And I wanted to go there, try and find a time to put that in the conversation. And the conversation went a way that uh, I didn't have planned, but that's fine. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for sticking with us. Inside the 9 o'clock hour, the New York Knicks should go on to win their eighth game in a row here. The Warriors are down 20. It's 89-69. And, and man, you have to start believing in the Knicks. They're showing it to you night after night. I know Steph Curry isn't there. Would the game be tied? Would Steph have 20 points right now with five minutes left in the third? Maybe. But I just think the Knicks have figured it out with the right guys, right? It took them a while, but it, it these things take a while, right? You can't be relying on Evan Fournier. You know, for the most part, we knew that, but it takes a while. So uh, the Knicks are a story that is emerging. And something I said last week was that as our basketball teams are emerging, the football teams are sinking, so it should roll right into the next. But that's not exactly the case. The football teams aren't sinking yet. The Jets, a, a little bit of sink, yeah. And I said yesterday in my quick hit, I made the mistake of lumping the Jets and the Giants together, and I feel like we do that a lot in this town. The Yankees, the Mets, who's having a better offseason? Who's having a better rotation? Who's the new George Steinbrenner? Is it George's son or Steve Cohen? Like, we just we just always have to do this crosstown crossover. The Knicks and Nets, it happens with. And the same thing happens with the Jets and the Giants. And they're in two completely different boats. They're both in the playoff hunt, yeah. Playoffs? They're both They're both in the playoff hunt, but their chances are way different. Their remaining schedules and the strength of schedule is way different. Their defenses are different. And the biggest difference is Daniel Jones is a good enough quarterback to get it done with less around him. Zach Wilson isn't a good enough quarterback to get it done with weapons around him. Not, I'm not going to say better around him because they don't have a solid offensive line. There's been injuries. There's been movement on that offensive line. Um, that's why they're not able to establish the run in games like they could not do against the Lions, and you have to be reliant on the pass. And right now you're relying on a guy who has not developed into an NFL quarterback yet. It's that simple. And no, we are not expecting instant coffee, but Thursday night you're going to see a quarterback that was taken one pick ahead of him, right? The Jets fans thought that they were tanking for Trevor Lawrence, and that he was the guy until late in that season against the Rams and Frank Gore, and you guys know how it all went. And then they had to pivot into, okay, so who do we take? And Zach Wilson's stock started to rise, and they ended up with the kid who I think has talent, who I think is talented. Uh, we we can talk all about his arm talent and how he can throw the ball and his, his quick feed, and he is an athlete, but so much of it, is mental. It's like 90% mental. All of these guys are talented athletes. All of these guys are fast and have special abilities, but the game has to slow down for Zach, and it hasn't yet. And I and I blame the Jets. I don't blame Zach Wilson for not being able to just slow the game down. It's hard. 
And that's something I said earlier in my open as well. You never played quarterback. But you're going to criticize Zach Wilson and say he should be making all of these throws and doing this and reading the defense. It's not that simple. There's 70,000 people yelling and screaming. There are 300-pound guys with their hand in the ground going full tent tilt trying to take your head off. And at the same time, this kid is playing for his career. He's playing to not be a bust. And he's playing for his teammates. His team is trying to make the playoffs. They know that they're good enough to be a playoff team this year. And unfortunately, I feel like this year is going to be wasted on the Zach Wilson experiment. And that experiment uh, went left from the, the first preseason game where he injured his knee and he threw a pick on the first play. First pass he threw, he threw a pick. So here we are, week 16, and Mike White, even though he's a good story, even though Jets fans act like he's Joe Namath, he's not. He's better than Zach, yeah, but he's 27. He's been in the league longer. He's been other places. He went to multiple colleges. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. He's had more time and more coaches and more systems. That all helps you as a quarterback. The biggest thing for Zach is that the Jets came in, drafted him, and I don't know what in the world made them think he was a captain. They put a C on him right away. And I don't know what in the world made them think that he was ready to go lead an NFL team. At 22 years old last year, a baby-faced kid that needed a veteran quarterback. They didn't have one. They end up getting Flacco, but needed a like Josh McCown type around him. Needed a quarterback guru around him needed a quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator that could say hey hold on son you got to take your gen ed prerequisite courses as an nfl quarterback you can't just slip uh or you just can't skip into this guy who slips out of the pocket rolls out and makes a patrick mahomes type play even patrick mahomes had to sit for a year behind alex smith and learn and then he had andy reed imagine if zach had an andy reed type he does not have that Robert Sala is a defensive-minded head coach. That's why you got a defense that, with some talent, they're ahead of schedule. His buddy and Mike LaFleur, his buddy, I want to stress that, and I've been, you know, he hasn't really done it anywhere else, and he gave Mike LaFleur the job as offensive coordinator, but they didn't necessarily go out and draft the quarterback to fit his scheme and what type of offense he runs. I like when I saw them bootleg Zach hit a naked bootleg on the run. Okay, you've got CJ Uzama, who I think is actually like a friend of Zach's. We heard that he reached out to Zach to say, hey, man, like, you know, you're losing the locker room or you should apologize or whatever. We know that he went out there to Wyoming or wherever they were in the offseason working out. You know, you have him throw to a guy that he's got some reps and rapport with. And, you know, you, you get some other plays mixed in there where Zach is not just sitting in the pocket having to read uh, defenses and and you know go through his progressions quickly and get the ball out on time. He's not there yet, and that's okay. He's 23 years old. It's not okay for Jets fans because we've already killed him here in New York. We've already just demolished the kid. Zach Wilson sucks. He's not the guy. He's a bust. We've already crushed him. But I think if he gets with the right coaches and maybe they can figure that out here, maybe it, it happens elsewhere. Um, he could be the guy, but no one cares about the future. Everyone cares about right now. Right now, the Jets can end their playoff drought. The chances are slipping away. The percentage is getting smaller and smaller. And Thursday night football, for the whole country to watch and beyond, everyone's going to get to see the number one quarterback versus number two quarterback from the uh, 
2020 draft, and here we go. I, I wouldn't bet a dollar on the Jets. Now let's get back to the phones. Keep McPherson on the fan. 877-337-6666. You got me to 11. I'll take your calls on everything. But just wanted to reset a little bit, throw some themes out there, some things out there maybe to uh, you know, get you guys to call up. We've got young Jared down in Ocean County on the fan. What up, kid? Hey, good to talk to you. You too. Sorry for making your way. You had to wait through the whole like hour I feel like you were on. Yep, every time, but it's worth it. <laughs> Thanks for calling up, man. Yeah, so I wanted to quickly start with how about the Knicks and the Rangers both playing great, both on a seventh game winning streak. If you are a Knicks, Rangers, Yankees, Giants fan, you're feeling big right now. You're feeling powerful right now. You're feeling like you've got all seven Dragon Balls. <laughs> yep. When was the last time they were both on a seventh game winning streak? I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. We'd have to get somebody in research to pull that up. It, it's rare. It doesn't usually happen. Both those teams that play in Madison Square Garden, they're about to have uh, eight-game win streaks, seven and eight. No, both going to eight. I think the Rangers are already at eight. The Rangers are – the Ranger, but the Rangers are losing. I think that uh, if they would win today, that would be eight, yes. So they, they already have seven, and the Knicks are looking for – Eight. They're looking for eight, so and they got it. They're they're not going to lose this game unless they have a terrible fourth quarter, which I just don't see with their defense and their quarterback and Jalen Brunson, who just steadies the ship. And uh, you know he's a coach on the court; he keeps them where they got to go. Yeah. Um, how another cool fact: When was the last time on a Sunday all all the Giants, the Rangers, and the Knicks all won on Sunday? Hell of a day. I don't know. It's it's rare. It's a, it's one of those things you wish you could bet on. I know we had a, like the Bing Bong parlay earlier in the year, but like I said, if you're a fan of all of those teams and they're all winning, you feel great right now. It's a good time. Yeah, and a great Giant game. The Giants Sunday night. I like they had me rooting for. Them. I'm not a Giants fan. Grew up as a Cowboys fan, hating the Giants. Got a little older and realized the Cowboys are frauds, and I can't really get. You know, two wins to them. Jerry Jones is cursed. I was actually like rooting for Saquon, rooting for Daniel Jones, rooting for Kayvon Thibodeau to just win the game, and they did, man. They they did what they had to do. I keep saying they got off the mat. Yeah, Thibodeau had a great game. He's a great player. I mean, he was hurt in the beginning of the year. Uh, you didn't really see it all year, but he's a rookie. And now late in the season when rookies hit the rookie wall – that kid just broke through the rookie wall. He's he's a primetime guy. You could tell he he knew everyone was watching. He was ready for the moment. Yeah, he got that strip sack and the touchdown. Beautiful. That's that's a beast. That's taking over the game, taking matters into your own hands. That's what I see, need to see the Jets do. I need to see the Jets say, okay, we don't expect Zach to be able to make the throws and make the reads. Well, we got to score. We got to take the ball away, punch the ball out, intercept it, and take it to the house. Yeah, it's going to be interesting on Thursday. Yeah, we'll see what the weather looks like. And quickly, what's your take on should the Giants keep Daniel Jones? Or yeah, you got to. You have to after this season. They're going to be playoff bound. So it's like, how? I mean, in year two, how can you go away from what you've already started and established? I've been rooting for Daniel Jones this whole season. I think he's taking care oh, of the ball. Oh, Pittsburgh goal. Pittsburgh goal, then that's probably going to wrap that up for the, for the Rangers. That's tough. Well... Winning streak's going to come to an end. Actually, I don't want to say that. I don't want to put the radio jinx on it. You never know what could happen here. I saw the Rangers come back and beat my Devils last week, so 
They're down 3-1. There's still 10 minutes left in the third, so anything can happen. But uh, I don't know. That's tough. Uh, I was just talking to Ross in Bergen County on Twitter, and he's saying, you know, Igor isn't looking that great. I'm like, I guess, you know, those Pittsburgh fans are really in his head. Oh, right through the five hole. Yeah. What else you got, Jared? Uh, nothing for now. Quickly, shout out to all my classmates that are listening, and goodbye. Hey, shout out to Jared's classmates. Ocean County, Jersey, Jersey Shore. Uh, do I have time to take another call, or do we have to break here? Oh, we have time. I feel like I just took the break. Let's go to Richie in Queens, who's been waiting for a while as well. What's up, Richie? Uh, you go from the young kid to the old guy. It's a nice combination. <laughs> hey, hey you, handled, you know what? I, you know, I called you, it's like five or six times. I enjoy talking to you. I've been calling the station since the beginning. Um, that was an awkward moment, but you are a gentleman. The way you handle that was, and I'm so glad he called back because that was just out of the blue when he left. And, 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 and the Irving thing, God, I'm not going to talk about Irving. I promise. Um, that's, that got so out of hand and, and I'm so glad that he called back. You know, I, when I called initially, uh, I wanted to speak to you as always, but I also wanted to speak to to uh, the schmooze because the last time I saw him was he came down to the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, and I had the pleasure of, of walking him, Carton, and Boomer around the floor of the exchange because it was the 25th anniversary, and he rang the bell. But oh. he was so humble that they like it was in the background, like he didn't want to go and. And I said, you know, you've been part of this, man. You've been here since the beginning. You've got to get up there and ring the bell. And at that moment, Cotton and Boomer came down and grabbed them, walked them up the stairs, and he rang the bell. And I called him the next day, and he was so appreciative of me explaining a little bit about the exchange and awesome. stuff like that. So I can visualize been, it. You know, I've been in there, and, and, and Steve, when I first met Steve here at WFAN last year, it was Christmas Eve. I hosted on Christmas Eve. Uh, just kind of trying to earn my stripes, and he did a special guest appearance, and he was over on the other side. I was able to shake his hand and and you know give him some respect, and yeah, he's he's super humble, and he's you know he's a great radio host and personality with yeah. a one of a kind voice. But if you see him in real life, he's he's quiet as kept, he's modest, and he's a great guy. And I'm glad he called back. I think it was just a misunderstanding. Like it on air, it sounded yeah. like you know like a like a hang-up or like a quick exit without saying goodbye. What it was was the caller was saying, you know, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, even threw in a happy Kwanzaa for Kyrie for some right. reason. And I think that was Steve thinking that I was saying, hey, you know, happy holidays, we're signing off. No, yeah, he called and, right back. And what you did with the way you handled it, because it looked like I'm saying to myself as a listener, I'm saying, like, what did he get the impression that he's upset with Keith or whatever, because it was, again, it was like he just uh, yeah, fell I didn't to do the anything. floor. Like, <laughs> like where'd the man go? I, he should I'm, not have left at that point. I'm standing here a couple on points, an like, I'm out here yeah. by myself. I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at Emmanuel producing, like, hey, is he still on the line? No, I'm like, I got to say something. Yeah, well, you handled it really well, man. You're t- for, for, a young, for a young man like you that's been on not that long, you handle it with excellent decorum. Hey, you know, I spoke to you last week. I don't know if you remember. You know, I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. I think you know that. Yeah. And we touched on things, and I said to you, and I got to blow my horn. I got a little accolades on myself here. I, he, you said to me, well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, hot stove. And I mentioned to you two things. I said the Giants had a good shot to get Correa. And I also said to you that you guys, the Yankees, were going to get run down. So I got to give myself, uh, once in a while I'm right, 
and I happened to, and, then, and I got some calls that heard me on the radio, and they said, well, you, you're talking to Heyman? I said, no, I'm not talking to Heyman at all. You're a Giants I'm fan. I'm doing my own stuff. Yeah, and you, and you, so gotta... you got a good stud. you got a really good staff. And um, and, and also, you got if, if Montez comes out to be your five, you're gonna, the pitching's not going to be an issue. You're going to win 100, 100 games, and it gets to the point, and you win in the playoffs. But you mentioned a couple of things that I kind of disagree with, and that is, you know, Zach Wilson, yeah, I do agree that maybe the pressure's on him, but he does things or doesn't do things, Keith, that a quarterback should do, and that is the quick little jolt out of the backfield, hitting guys in stride. He's always, and again, maybe it's, it's, it's coaching, but I think that's instinctive. I think you have to have that. He doesn't seem to have that touch. He doesn't seem to see the second receiver down there. I don't know how much coaching is going to make him better, but I'm curious with this game because it's really going to be a difficult game. Jacksonville is not the same team the last five games. Defensively, they're not great. You know, Wilson's going to have to score some points because Lawrence is on a roll. This is a generational quarterback that may be starting to show up. And then the last thing with the Giants, we spoke a couple of times. That was obviously a great win. Thibodeau, I was a little down on him. He came up really big. Um, You still wonder offensively where things are going to come from because Minnesota is like one minute they're phenomenal the next minute, you don't know how these team won 11 or 12 games. So it's going to be really interesting to see how, um, especially now Barkley seems to be coming around. And you're right, Jones has to be signed. He shows signs like give him some help next year. And uh, I think he'll be, I think he could be, uh, you know, a really a top 12 quarterback. He's not going to be Mahomes. I'm not saying that. He's not going to be. You know, Allen, but I think he's got a lot of upside. And getting back to the Jets real quick, don't you fault them a little bit? They're supposed to be a great defensive team, man. Two minutes to go. Team's got to score a touchdown. You can't give that play up. Yeah, I said that. They lost the game. I'm like, there's not enough people saying that the the Jets' defense didn't hold. Yeah. I mean, Wilson gave him no points, true, but... It's a four-point lead with two minutes to go, and even if they get the first down on the 50, they still got to score a touchdown. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're a great defensive team, you got to be good defensively the whole there, game. There's blame again, to go I, all I, around, and I know it's easy to blame Zach Wilson and throw him under the bus. He's been the whipping boy all season, but that defense didn't hold. Great play call by Detroit. Make, make a tackle. And then also, we all know Rob Sala late in that game, everybody's screaming, call timeout, call timeout. As a head coach That's in this league, team, you great. can't have. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. You can't that have three region. timeouts, and and the the clock is running down, and you have a kid that's been on the oh. bench for a month. Help him out, coach. Call timeout. Yeah, I, I agree. And in touching on your basketball, I'm watching the Knicks tonight, and you know, and again, what I'm seeing, I love because I I talked to you a month ago. I was all over Thibodeau. He doesn't go with his young guys. This is a different scheme they've got. They got one of the best half court defenses in the league. They're playing. They're not. They're spacing tremendously. Grimes has shown up to be a. Real, I've been. I loved. I loved him and McBride from last year. And to sit Fournier, it's unfortunate. The guy hasn't played in twelve games. But this team is. Uh, you know, are they going to win a championship? No. Fournier. But I think they can. Uh, I think the can, biggest thing is well. that they've gone away from Fournier. He's a liability on defense. If he's not shooting, oh, he's a goodness, waste of yeah. space. They are different since he's been sitting on the bench, and it's hard to sit a guy like that with his contract, but it is what it is. They're doing this without Obi Toppin. 
They're doing this with some young guys getting active. Tibbs knows what he's doing. It took a little while. You know, you had to just give him a little while to figure out who to use. Uh, they got Mitchell Robinson back, and that helped. Hartenstein in the middle. Uh, IQ has been giving them good minutes. Like, they have enough talent to compete in the NBA and in, in the could East, and they are now. A, you Could you see them as a 4-5 or five seed? I mean, that's what they were two years ago, and they didn't have the talent like this two years ago. No. Uh, and and with no. the East, I don't know. It's it's We'll see how it shakes out. It's just too early to call. But I think they're a playoff team. I've been saying all year I think they're a playoff team more so the play-in. But now looking at how they have, like, reformed their identity, I think they can challenge and be higher than the AC. And your team is playing the way they should. you got two superstars. I mean, you got uh, an you MVP candidate. And I love I love Bourne. I think he's a, he deserves where he is, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And again, my, kudos to you the way you handle that. You couldn't have done that any better. Take it from a guy that's listened a lot of years. Always a pleasure, Keith. Richie, thanks. Happy holidays. Appreciate the call. Yeah, happy holidays. And did you watch any movies? Like, did you watch any Christmas movies? I can't. Did you I just, watch? Evan? I can't. You got to do it. One I know. Time. Maybe I'll please? try because, like, we're we're all going to be together this weekend, and I, I'm be watching football this weekend. But, you know, family's going to want to throw on, I don't know, Christmas Vacation or Home Alone or yeah, something like yeah. that. I, I, like, I've seen those give movies. It, I just give I've, it a shot. I yeah. try, but I fall asleep. I'm telling you, whenever my wife starts something, I I, my eyes close. It, nothing keeps my attention. I never fall it's asleep during a game. I've never fallen asleep during a, a live. I know. You're like, you're like my mother. My mother's 97 years old, and she watches every game. You put a movie on, she falls asleep. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> But she's 97, Keith. You're a youngster. All right, Keith, man. Take care. Happy holiday to you. Thanks for the call, Richie. Yeah, I don't know, like, there's no movie or streaming show that, like, uh, there's nothing that is on Netflix or HBO Max or Disney Plus that's going to beat ESPN or TNT or MSG or SNY or Yes Network. Like, I'm always going to find. I'll watch, I'll watch the bowl. I don't care what it is. If it's live sports, it's going to trump. Like, I just, there, I guess I have to have, like, this, like, suspension of disbelief. Like, I just, I know that these are live athletes playing and competing, and no one knows what's going to happen each play, possession, or what the final score is going to be. I can also bet on it. Like, that, to me, is riveting. Uh White Lotus, I've seen the previews for it. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to take the time to, no. When am I going to find the time to watch two seasons of White Lotus? Or like Sweeney Murdy saying, I got to go back and watch The Godfather and stuff because I don't like, I don't care. I'm not going back and watching Godfather 1, 2, or 3. It's, it's way far gone in the past. I get the gist of it. I'm about to watch these games. And it's also my job to watch these games and be able to talk about them. So I'm not a movies guy. I'm really not. I just can't. It, it doesn't keep my... It doesn't keep my focus. It doesn't keep my attention. Anywho, we've got a bunch of calls now. Let's see. When we come back, Jarvis, Frankie, Zach, Cameron, we'll get to you. 877-337-6666. My name's Keith McPherson. You're listening to The Fan. Up, up, and away we go. Keith McPherson on The Fan. I've got less than 90 minutes. This isn't a five-hour KM to AM. This is a four-hour KM to 11 p.m. Salicata coming up next. What haven't we spoken on tonight? Uh, I think we did a, a pretty good, you know, amount of Jets and Zach Wilson talk. 
I definitely know we've hit on the Giants and where they're at and what they've got to do. We've been mentioning the Knicks. Obviously, their win streak continues tonight. They hold it down in Madison Square Garden. I I know there's going to be some fans that have some things to say, and we'll call after that. Call me up. That'll probably be in the 10 o'clock hour as they're finishing this game. It's 116-88. Seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're trying to keep these guys under 100. I doubt that happens, but, I mean... The Knicks have a defense and offensive guys. That, like Julius Randle has played better this year. R.J. Barrett at times has shown you that he's a pretty good player. He might not be on the level of Zion and John Moran, but he's a pretty decent player. And then Jalen Brunson is the difference. And Shout out to Tommy Tibbs. Trust the process with him. He's figuring it out now. It was year three. Got some young guys in there not worrying about what guys are getting paid, and that's how it should be, especially in New York. It's not about the name on the back of your jersey or what you sign for. It's about the name on the front of the jersey and winning games. I feel like Brian Dable embodies that, right? They trade Kadarius Toney out of New York, and they just get picks for him. And then even with Tay Crowder, right? Tay Crowder is a guy that started like the first eight games for the Giants. He was a big part of what the Giants were doing defensively. If you remember a couple weeks back, he tweeted out free me because he was benched and he wasn't playing. And they asked Wink Martindale, you know, how do you feel about Tay Crowder? And there was another guy. It was Tay Crowder and another guy on the defense. I got to get that information. I'm I'm blanking on it. That had tweeted some things um, about not playing or free me or, you know, when, you know, the Giants were losing and they weren't getting to play. And Wink Martindale said, he's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't do Twitter. I'm more of a TikTok guy. <laughs> I bet he's neither. I bet he's neither. I just posted a, a video on TikTok that might be my last TikTok. It was a video from yesterday because it makes, uh, la- uh, yesterday makes it three years since I made the decision to try and get into sports and entertainment and uh, try and, you know, be myself versus, you know, being a job at a desk behind the scenes. And I posted that video on Instagram, Twitter. Today I posted on TikTok because I hear Evan going on about China and what they're trying to do to our kids and they're spying on us. And I'm like, you know, I heard that about TikTok years ago. And I remember Gary V putting me on to TikTok years ago. I had a TikTok in 2018, 2019, and I just I wasn't into it because you scroll through. And back then it was just like young girls dancing in their room. I'm, I'm a grown man, dog. I can't be looking at these 13-year-old girls in their parents' house dancing the TikTok videos. That's all I thought it was. It was just like a dancing app. And it's evolved into, you know, now there are people that are making thousands of dollars a day, a week, a month off of the reach of TikTok and putting their brands on TikTok. I honestly tried it, but, like, at this point in my career in life, I don't need it. Like I said, I'm a grown man. Like, I'm not trying to be TikTok famous. Um, I'm on the radio, I'm on TV, I've got a couple followers on Instagram and Twitter, I think I'm good. I don't have to build my TikTok. I think I have a thousand followers on TikTok, and I think I quit. I think I quit. Instagram is literally paying you now to post what they call reels, which is the same format as a TikTok, a 15, 30 second, 60 second, or 90 second video. They're literally paying you to do that. So I'll just post on Instagram. My Instagram is about to break 10K. That's a goal of mine for the end of 2022, at Keith McPherson. Uh, Follow me on there. I think I'm like 40 followers away from 10K. All right, I've said enough. Let's get back to the phones. First up, in Harlem. What's up, Jarvis? You're on the fan. What's up? What's up, Keith? How you doing? 
I'm all right, you know, just hosting, bringing it home. Yo, that's what's up. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the Zach Wilson situation and, you know, the saying, like, um, it, like I know, like, most of the Jeff fans are, like, killing him and, you know, the, the performance and, you know, the last game against the Lions that he threw one pick and do two touchdowns and end up costing the game. And, um, you know, so I don't know what makes you, like, he have a, well, 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 um, Zach Wilson, uh, he needs to have a bounce back on Thursday against the, um, Jacksonville, which is not going to be easy because Jacksonville coming up with a big win, uh, against the Cowboys. And, you know, I think that I mean, because the next three games is, is not going to be easy for the, for the Jets. Anyway, when you got two teams that got Seattle and at Miami at, at Seattle, but they try to fight for the playback and, and all the Jets and talking about the week 18 in Miami, you know, and think that they're gonna have a shot to beat in um win in Miami. But I know they beat them in the first game in that like stadium. Yeah, not with Tua. And, yep, not yeah, with Tua. And, and you said easy. Nothing is easy, right? You know the the Chiefs thought it was gonna be easy to beat the Texans. The Cowboys thought it was gonna be easy to beat beat the Texans. The Texans stood up. Right. You know the, the Cowboys carried that into Jacksonville against the Jaguars. They lose on a walk off pick six. It's the NFL. Nothing is easy in December. You gotta take what you want. And I feel like Zach Wilson isn't capable of taking what he wants. But you gotta be behind him. Jets fans have no choice but to support this kid and hope that he makes some plays. He made some miraculous. Plays like mm-hmm. that ball he threw up that landed in uh, Michael Carter's hands. He needs to take less right. risks and make plays. But it's just like you don't have any other option. So to keep killing the one guy that you have as this team, yeah, this organization, no yeah, this yeah, yeah. fan base wants to get back to the playoffs. It's it's on Zach. So you gotta you gotta try and build that kid up. I mean, we've all been killing him for months. Yeah, but you know what? Just, you know, what I'm I think listen. I looked at Charger's schedule. I think they. I think they. Schedule's favorable. I mean, you got the Rams, you got the Colts, you got the Denver Broncos. They could possibly win all three of them. They could possibly get in. I mean, that's, and that schedule's so winnable. Like, I, I look at the Dolphins' schedule, and look at this. Like, they got the Patriots and the yeah. finally the Jets. Yeah, um, I, I, I did two, that too, I bro. I looked teams. at all the other teams. That's why last week I'm like, I I think the Jets got to look to next year. You'll get Brees Hall back. Get a top 20 yeah. pick. You know, add yeah, a, add I mean, another player with a top twenty pick, and Jets fans got mad at me. They're like, "Oh, we're in the drought. Look at you talking about it's better to not make the playoffs. Are you crazy? You always want to make the playoffs." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's not realistic with what you have at quarterback, the schedule you have, and the other teams that are competing around you. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not it's not there's a, there's not a zero percent chance, right? Anything exactly. can happen, but it's not looking like it's in their favor." Exactly, exactly. So I didn't think that like a wasn't been eleven years out of make the players that they the streak is gonna be over. I don't think I just don't see it. I just think you know, it's just like gonna fell short then you know go to all season and we don't know what the roster gonna look like, we don't do we don't know what they're gonna do with a free agent or they're yeah. gonna bring in it's, like it sucks, a bro. better quarterback or quarterback or to compete with um, Zach Wilson. Everybody knows that Zach Wilson is not going to be there. there there's the no guarantee that this defense is the same next year. No two years are alike. You you hope that, you know, guys come back, but there's always injuries. There's always other little things. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's not the Jets' year to end the playoff drought. You hope nope. that next year is the year and that they make the, the moves in the offseason. But I don't think Zach Wilson can be the starter. Thanks for the call, Jarvis. I think... You can't keep killing him and then expect him to go out there and be Superman. 
The math ain't math in there. You're right. You want the kid to be good, but you've consistently said he sucks. He's a bust. He's not good enough. Okay, but right now, you need him to be a hero. Imagine if they were saying to Brock Purdy, oh, he's Mr. Irrelevant. He's a rookie. His kid sucks. Nobody wanted him. No, the 49ers are like, go in and run the offense. Distribute the pill. Get the ball to our receivers. Get the ball to our playmakers. Playing quarterback is hard, man. Before I take another call, I wanted to speak on my experience. I played quarterback in high school, and when I started playing quarterback, I just had this conversation. Rest in peace to my brother because I I came home when I was in Pop Warner. I wanted to play receiver. When you watch the NFL on TV, it seems like the, the receivers got it made. They're in the end zone. They're running down the field catching deep balls. That's what I wanted to do, but at 11 years old, the quarterback isn't chucking the ball down the field to the receiver. I was fast. I was tall. And uh, Coach Williamson, shout out to Coach Williamson. He he said, you're going to play quarterback for us. And I, I remember trying to take a snap for the first time. It was hard. I go home, and I'm upset. And my brother's like, what you so mad about? I'm like, they made me the quarterback. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, you're about to be the quarterback of the team? You're sad about that? Why? I'm like, because I, I never played quarterback. I'm not good enough, and everybody's going to be looking at me. I'm going to mess up. Like, that is 11-year-old me thinking about playing quarterback. And then what did my brother do? Bought me my first football, and then we threw all the time. And then I go to practice and get better and better and better with reps and with time. Fast forward to high school. I'm one of the best quarterbacks in the county, in the state. I go on, I get a division scholarship, a division one scholarship. My first division one scholarship was to Hofstra. Then I got another one from Delaware. Then I started getting Villanova and JMU where I ended up going. And I go to JMU and I I had just balled out in the New York versus New Jersey all-star game, the governor's bowl, like threw a deep bomb for a touchdown, had some good runs. And I had played well all week in practice, but the kid ahead of me was going to Penn State. The other kid ahead of me was going to Bowling Green. They started those two kids. I had to go into the game and prove that I was better and I had a better um, performance than them. So that, I think I got too carried away with myself. I went into college thinking, like, I partied all summer after that. I went into college thinking it was sweet. When I got to college, the first playbook that we got, I'm like, wait, what? Like, I didn't have a playbook in high school. All of our plays, we practiced and ran, and you just knew them. You get into college... There's a, there's a playbook, and then you have to prepare every week against guys that are older than you, faster than you, stronger than you, bigger than you, whatever. But you learn. You have to start to simplify everything, but there's so much to learn, right? When you're going no huddle, everything is off codes and sign language. Like, I don't think people actually realize it's a whole – it's like literally learning another language. So you got to be able to, like, communicate the language and also understand the language. But then you have to take pain. You're going to get hit. So you have to deal. You have to have a pain tolerance while you do that and not be scared. You got to deal with fear. And then there's also the fear of like embarrassing yourself. There's a lot of people watching. So in college, I never made it higher than third string. It was a lot. And like if you didn't put the time in in between, which I didn't, I was partying. I was enjoying the whole college experience and would show up to practice thinking my athleticism could get me by. No, you got to know everything. And I remember when I started traveling with the team, coach would bring us in the day before the game and quiz us. Now, the quiz isn't on our offense. The quiz is on the defense we're going to face. Now you got to know not just what you got to do, 
which starts with personnel, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, whatever it is. You got to know your personnel. Then you got to know how to call the formations. Then you got to know how to call the plays. And now when you get into the season, you have to know what the other team is doing every week, what defenses they run, how they run their defense. What like You have to know all of that. And we're going to start with a quiz on paper. What do they usually run? What's their front? How many times do they run man, zone? When it, when do they like to go there? On what down, what distance? You have to know. Like It's a ton of stuff to learn. So when I hear people calling up or talking online about Zach Wilson and how like it's like, yo, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I'm telling you, you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Keep McPherson on the fan. Got to break it down. When we come back. More of your calls, more talk. I've got a little more than an hour left. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Checking right back in. Hello, folks. Keep McPherson on the fan. This is my last hour. Let's talk about the Giants. Let's talk about the Mets. Let's talk about sports and whatever we haven't covered. This is the last hour I got. I think we've exhausted the Jets conversation. I'll end it like this. Zach Wilson is a 23-year-old quarterback. Stetson Bennett. You know who that is? Stetson Bennett is a 25-year-old quarterback. He plays for the University of Georgia. We'll do more college football talk as we get closer to the playoff. But I say that to say this. Stetson Bennett is 25 in college. Lamar Jackson is 25. Has already played five seasons in the NFL. And yeah, Lamar uh, was more of an impact quarterback than Zach Wilson his first couple years. But a different style. And definitely not the quarterback that we last saw him be. He he took some time to learn the game, to slow the game down and develop. At 23 years old, Zach Wilson has not played enough in the NFL. And I know it's week 16 in his second year, but he's been hurt. He's been benched. He was like he missed all the preseason. I think I think we've been too hard on Zach. Because it's easy to pile on a guy that tells the media, you don't know what you're talking about. I believe everyone outside of this locker room doesn't know what they're talking about. It's easy to pile on a guy that comes off arrogant and cocky when they ask him, did you let the defense down? He says, no, no. I think that's just a young man that didn't understand that, hey, we're like, it's not all about you, bro. And stop taking offense to the questions you're being asked. I mean, there was a clip where they asked... Um, a, a viral video. They asked NFL players their superpower, and Zach Wilson said decision making, and that just came out in the last like week or two, at least from my knowledge. I just saw it, and it was like he was trolling, like he was kind of like throwing it back to you know what everyone said about. Oh, this guy is terrible at decision making. He's too slow at making decisions. He can't read a defense. It's gonna take time. It's gonna take time. I'm telling you, it's gonna take time, man. It's going to take a lot of time, and I know the Jets might not have that much time, right? Uh, in two days, you got to face the Jacksonville Jaguars, and most likely that's your season if you lose. And it's been a 12-year drought, and I get it. This defense is ahead of schedule, but we got to stop acting like this defense is, you know, the best defense of all time. Like, they're a good defense, but they're not perfect either. This head coach is is not a seasoned head coach. He needs some more time to develop and get experiences as well. And, uh, you know, guys like Garrett Wilson, who's a rookie, he's got learning to do. He's got to stop throwing his hands in the air, whether he's showing up Zach or whether he's mad at the refs. Like, bro, play the game. 
The the refs are bogus for everybody. We all see it. It is what it is. You're a great player. You're going to get there. And Zach Wilson may or may not get there here. I feel like it's going to be tough for him to come back here because he's expected to be perfect. And playing the quarterback back position, you're not going to be perfect. Please go look at some of the other guys in the league that that you guys talk about all the time that are the greatest quarterbacks like Zach, uh, like, like not Zach, like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, and here we go with Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to segue into the Giants. They throw interceptions. They don't always make the right reads. But they have experience. They have time under their belt. It takes time. Playing quarterback in the NFL has got to be one of the hardest things to do in sports. It's so much more than it looks like. It's not playing Madden. You can complete passes on Madden by you know pressing buttons with, with your thumbs. It's way different when you got to go out there and lead a group of men at 23. Most of them are older than you. You're in New York City, market one, the hardest place to make it in anything, and you're expected to go out there and win the game for a team with a fan base that's already given up on you. It's tough, man. I, I commend Zach Wilson for coming back and throwing for 300 yards and two touchdowns. No, it is obvious that he is not reading the defense. It is obvious that he's late. His timing, his footwork, his recognition of where to go with the ball. But right now you got no one else. Mike White is hurt. Joe Flacco. Yeah, if you think Joe Flacco is an option, you're bugging out. He's a statue. (laughs) They're going to kill him if he goes into the game. You saw, you got a taste of that. They can't do that. At least Zach can avoid sacks, can can maybe stretch a play, and I think he will. And looking at Kirk Cousins, man, that's who the Giants are about to face. They got to heat him up. You can't let Justin Jefferson take over the game. You know that. Dalvin Cook, I mean, we talked about this when the Jets went to Minnesota to face the Vikings. And I think they lost by five points, and here were the Jets in the red zone late in the game with the chance to score. And everybody wanted to write home about Mike White. I'm like, I don't know if this dude is that great either. He's better than Zach, but that's not saying a lot. In the red zone, can't punch it in. I think the Giants will be ready to punch it in when they get their opportunities. It's just going to come down to uh, defense. And I'm looking at this giant defense, man. Hats off to Wink Martindale. He's without Xavier McKinney. He's without Adoree Jackson. I honestly thought going into that game, my bets, I was hammering all of the passing props on Terry McLaurin, on Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. I'm like, these DBs are going to cook them. There's no way they can stay with those DBs. And they did because he blitzes. He puts pressure on the quarterback. Their D-line is healthy. So that makes up for some of the guys you're missing in the secondary. But Adoree Jackson's supposed to be on the way back. Xavier McKinney was seen jogging around the field in Landover, Maryland. He's on the way potentially back in a couple weeks. Who knows where it's going to go? But one thing I'll say about the Giants, they have they have a culture there. They have a way there that guys have bought into, and they were able to tap back into it on Sunday night football with their backs against the wall, after losing for a month, they got off the mat. And Tay Crowder, if you don't want to be here, fine. We'll cut you. And we'll go into this week with Micah McFadden and Jalen Smith and Landon Collins. You can play linebacker for us, too. And they'll figure it out. And they've been figuring it out all season with less. I counted them out. I'm done counting them out. Anything can happen in the NFL any given Sunday. The Giants have a chance to beat the Vikings, beat the Colts, and maybe even beat the Eagles, win out, and we'll see where they fall in this playoff hunt. Call me up, man, 
6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take this break, and then Marco will hit you with the update. I'll be right back.